Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Café les Lignes, the French football podcast with the accent. It's uh, Jeremy Magan, your host as usual. And we're going to talk about the last match day before the final international break of 2021. Match day 13 in Liga with uh, 10 games as usual, 29 goals, only three red cards, uh, a few upsets for sure. Uh, a couple of first, one very important first for, uh, for a club at the bottom of the table. Uh, and a Paris Saint-Germain ever so dominating in France, despite being uh, far from their best level, which uh, we will come back to it. But as I say, every pod will happen in, in February, March or April when it uh, really matters um, for them. We're not going to wait too long. This podcast might be a bit shorter than usual, but we're just going to go straight into uh, our games because that was a bit to say about all the football that was played this weekend. First, as usual, Music. The first game of the weekend brings us to the Stade Bola, where Lens were hosting Roy. And Lens, who um, had the cracker of a game against Roy, a 4-0 win for Frank Hez and his troops against uh, the Ligue 2 champion uh, Estac. The goal scorer, Arno Calimuendo at the 14th minute, Wesley Said at the 29th, Jonathan Kloss at the 35th minute, and Premislaw Frankowski at the 60th minute. Premislav, sorry, Frankowski at the 60th minute. Uh, Lance dominated the game with 60% ball possession, 23 shots, 12 on target. Trois answered with 11 shots and 3 on target. And Trois, who, who probably believed in their chances for the first 10 minutes of the game, where they, I guess they were level with Lance as far as, um, you know, chances created and, and the football play in the middle of the park. Uh, but then after the 10 minutes were gone, Lance just started, you know, getting the cogs rolling and, and getting into their groove and were just too strong for Trois, but very, very heavily dominated. Uh, and, and, you know, they just never stop putting pressure. Um, we talk about how Frank is, is great with Lance, and, and I'm in the middle of uh, writing a little article to, to you know, develop all this. Uh, but the amount of pressing done during 90 minutes, even against a team that is supposedly weak, even against a, a team that you're beating 3-0 after um, just over half an hour, um, the fact that the last players just kept pushing and pushing, uh, you know, I think sort of shows what kind of team this is. You know, we are, um, at the end of, a, of another series of um, domestic games before a 10-day break. Um, and the team just pushed for the whole 90 minutes, uh, which is something that, you know, bar a couple of other teams in Liga, we're just not seeing. And, and it makes me say every time uh, that Lance is definitely one of the best teams that we have in uh, Liga this season. They hadn't won a game by four goal difference uh, for 16 years, Lance, in Liga. Uh, so I'm sure they'll welcome at uh, the end of that um, little drought uh, with, uh, with a bit of a fireworks win 4-0 on uh, Friday night. Well, like I was saying, you know, just were a bit overwhelmed, a bit smothered in the midfield uh, after those first 10 minutes uh, and were punished on literally every single individual mistake. Um, the first goal for Lance came, came out of the training ground, really. Uh, the, the ball going from left to right and, and close with one of his uh, perfect balls slash cross just between the defense and the goalkeeper, just where you want it, really. Uh, found Kalimwendo, who could uh, finish 
with a with a nice little uh, cool head. It looked like that goal was offside. You know, when we see the first, the, when we see the goal and we see the first off, um, replay, excuse me, uh, it looks offside to me. But um, the VAR checked and said that he uh, wasn't offside, so the goal stood. Uh, Fifteen minutes later, uh, it was another close uh, cross, another cross by close that um, brought the second goal by Wesley Said, the former Toulouse striker, uh, who's having a ball at Lens uh, this season. And even though, unfortunately, uh, later during that game, um, he gets injured. Uh, a, a cross at the near post and the, um, Saeed just went and cut the ball and a beautiful volley. Uh, pretty hard to actually realize. You got the, to execute, excuse me, you got the defender right behind your back. Uh, but Saeed's volley just made it to the back of the net uh, to make it 2-0 within half an hour. Uh, Jonathan Close, who then went on with his own um, goal at the 35th minute, uh, like a poacher, you know, uh, seeing that Gauthier Gallon had released um, a shot from Kalimwendo. He just followed up and, and put it in the back of the net. Jonathan um, Close, um, who's definitely, uh, you know, building his resume and sort of adding to the, to the adding fuel to the fire of fans in France saying that he should be called with the French national team. Uh, we know Deschamps' stance on this. We know that Deschamps says that he wants players to have international exposure before they go and play for France uh, by playing, you know, European football. Uh, or by playing in, in Italy or in England or in Spain. I think that, you know, uh, Jonathan Close, whether he goes in, in another team or not, um, mid-season or at the end of the season, uh, definitely is a strong candidate for the right back slash right winger in France, especially given, you know, the lack of resources that uh, the French national team has uh, at that side. You know, he, he is able to score on uh, set pieces, he's gets the con he sorry, shots the corners for Lance and he keeps recording assists and now goals as well. Uh, he is definitely one of the best right backs um, that we have in the league for the last couple of years and, and arguably one of the best right backs in Europe, I think, this season. 3-0 was the score at halftime uh, and to seal the deal, uh, Premislav Frankowski uh, made sure that uh, he had his little goal, the fourth goal at the 60th minute uh, with you know another remarkable collective sequence of football uh, and then um, Frankowski was here to cut across from Sotoka um, to crucify Galon to finish. Galon, who, who, you know, is not innocent uh, with everything during this game. A couple of mistakes, a couple of mistakes by the trois defense as well. Uh, but I think what really shocked is that after the 10 minutes of sort of intense press by Trois, then they just let Lance do whatever they want. So whether they were not able to get out uh, of their half anymore or whether they just sort of decided to see if they could make it by dropping low, um, they just they just were eaten alive by Les or really. Uh, Lance, very, very impressive. It's going to be good to see if they can keep that going um, for the, the rest of the season. And, you know, they've already um, they've already seen off Lille, they've already seen off Marseille. Uh, they lost against Lyon, but it definitely wasn't a deserved loss. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see what the rest of the season do, does to them. They're right now second, 10 points behind Paris Saint-Germain. Um, they are the second best attack behind Paris Saint-Germain as well. They are the fifth best defense, the best collective team in Ligue 1, I'm telling you right now, and, and we'll see. Uh, we'll talk about it at length, I think, in a future pod, so stay tuned. But it's, uh, it's good to see Les Saint-Rior at that level again. Uh, next week, next week, no, but after the international break, sorry, uh, Les Saint-Rior are going to Brest. Brest is in form right now, actually. Uh, and Trois, in the meantime, who, you know, actually probably play their worst game of the season right now against uh, Lens. 
Trois will be hosting Saint-Étienne. We stay in the north of France, where Lille were hosting Angers. And the uh, first draw of the weekend, there was a few this weekend. 1-1, the goal scorer Thiago Jallo for Lille at the 27th minute, answered by Azedin Unahi at the 83rd for Angers. 11 shots for the home side, 6 on target, but the possession was for the visitors 54% for Angers, 9 shots and 5th on target. Lille, who seemed to be hangover from the Champions League after that uh, amazing result in Sevilla this week. Uh, Lille, who's now winless in four league games uh, and who definitely were frustrated by Angers uh, and their substitute goalkeeper, Petkovic, who uh, was between the sticks uh, because Bernardoni was left home um, sick. The game was entertaining. Uh, the game also allowed uh, Lille goalkeeper, Gerbic, uh, his opportunity to shine. You know, we, we've talked about Gerbic since the beginning of the season. And he has not always convinced, but I feel like he's slowly getting into his groove. Uh, he's slowly, you know, having a defense in front of him that is a little bit more, um, I guess, a little bit stronger. Uh, but he is also uh, contributing to, I don't want to say the success because Lille is still, uh, in my opinion, far from what they should be doing. But at least he's definitely helping to make sure that um, they're not losing every game, I guess, for, for lack of a better word. Um, if Angers, you know, were more dangerous at the beginning of the game, uh, the first warning on Petkovic's uh, goal came from uh, Jonathan David, uh, but Petkovic was uh, was solid and was focused. The goal, though, by Thiago Diallo uh, was a beautiful goal, a free kick taken by Renato Sanchez, uh, and Thiago Diallo just volleyed in from his from his right foot, his left, volleyed um, centre back Diallo, uh, and the the powerful volley just landed under Petkovic's crossbar, nothing that the goalkeeper. Uh, could do on that one and it's the Portuguese defender's first goal this season at Thiago Diallo uh, but then after that goal Lille pushed and thought that they could take the game but that's when the Petkovic show really started uh, you know three or four times he really saved um, this team and, and you know made sure that his team was still uh, in the contest uh, Lille probably thought that they could go away with that uh, with that result and probably thought that they could get the three points uh, so they sort of I guess it looks like they contented themselves with that 1-0 and, and were trying to just operate in counter-attack. Um, but Angers, who uh, dominated the second half and, and decided to, you know, really, really put pressure on that little defense. The, the counterpart was that they were a bit open in the defense. I think um, I've seen Angers better defensively than this game against Lille. And Lille had, uh, you know, many an opportunity in counter-attack to, to score. But again, Petkovic definitely... Um, was informed. The reward came for the visitor with under 10 minutes left to play. Uh, Brahimi, the young um, winger slash midfielder from Angers, who's been pretty interesting since the beginning of the season. He's quick. He's pretty good technically as well. Uh, seconds after he came into the game, a uh, nice combination with Bufal on the wing. And then he found Asdin Unahi in the middle of the box by himself. Uh, and Unahi um, was happy to just put that ball in the back of the net and to level for the visitors. Lille thought that they were going to still get the win because Borak Yulmaz, King Borak, had the game winner in his foot in injury time, but unfortunately uh, blundered it. And, and you could see on his face that even he couldn't believe uh, that he couldn't connect with that ball. Lille, very inconsistent. Uh, we, we talked about it uh, under Gourvenek. We're just not seeing what we should see, I think, uh, from Lille. And it keeps happening. Uh, they are surprisingly 
um, getting results in, in Champions League. So, you know, we're clearly it's a team that can play at a good level. But when they come back to Ligue 1, it looks like they just um, leave the intensity in the locker room. Uh, and that has to change if uh, if they want to be where we expect them uh, to be on the table. Uh, on the other hand, Angers look like they're slowly trying to come back to the winning ways, um, the way they started Ligue 1 this season. Uh, they are also without a win in four games. And uh, Gérald Batik will probably welcome the break to try and remotivate his team. The games after the break for both teams, Lille is traveling to the Stade Louis II to face Monaco, and Angers will be hosting Lorient. Bordeaux, Paris Saint-Germain is the next game, and the club of the capital won at the Atlantic 3-2. The goal scorer for Paris Saint-Germain, Neymar at the 26th at the 43rd minute, and Mbappé at the 63rd minute. Bordeaux was only able to score when once they were 3-0 down. Albert Ellis, the Honduran striker, scored at the 78th minute, and M. Young scored his first goal with his new jersey at the 92nd minute. 18 shots for Bordeaux, uh, quite impressive for a team that we kept saying that aren't good enough offensively. Only six on target for Paris Saint-Germain, uh, nine shots, five on target, three goals, maximum efficiency as usual for PSG. Uh, and 57 ball position as well for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, Paris, who surprisingly was physically challenged by Bordeaux. Uh, and, and, you know, when I was watching the game, I almost wanted to tweet that, you know, as usual, when Paris plays against a Champions League level team, they defend and they try to operate in counter-attack. Of course, I'm being sarcastic because Bordeaux uh, this season definitely isn't at that level. They, they are just under a point per game since the beginning of the season. Uh, but Paris Saint-Germain really looked like they were struggling at the beginning um, of the game because Bordeaux decided to put the intensity up. Um, Adley, the midfielder, was definitely on fire. Uh, and Paris Saint-Germain at times seemed to struggle to string three, four passes together. Uh, only Neymar was really focused and, and in his game. Uh, Neymar for the backstory, who um, saw one of his friends passing away this week, Marilia Mendonça. A, uh, a young singstress from Brazil who was only 26 years old. Uh, so, you know, obviously thought and prayer to uh, uh, her family and friends. Um, Neymar, who dedicated uh, his first goal to to the, that singer, Mendoza. You could actually see that, um, yeah, Neymar was sort of in the zone, whether it's because of this sad event or not. Um, the two goals that he scores at the 26th and the 43rd just, you know, show that he has this talent, what he can do. Um, on small spaces, what he can do, um, you know, with very little time to to actually get his shot together. Uh, on the first goal, you can see that he can accelerate on one meter and then he whipped the ball between two players and between Costil and the near post, which we don't know a lot of strikers that are able to do that on such um, small space. Uh, and on the second goal, a nice little combination with Mbappé. Uh, one, two, Mbappé's black heel is, you know, pretty on point, right for Neymar. Uh, and, and then Neymar makes it 2-0 although Paris Saint-Germain like I said uh, not that they were dominated but they definitely weren't dominating either um, Mbappé was almost the one making it um, uh, three in the first half but they had to wait until the second half uh, and he finally scored his goal just after the hour mark served on the platter by um, Gigi Wijnaldum uh, Wijnaldum who's finally seeing some minutes finally um I guess being decisive, although he hadn't had a great game against uh, against Bordeaux, but he giving he's giving uh, an assist is is important for him, I'm sure. Uh, at the start of the action, was uh, un, 
Herrera, I was going to say Angel Herrera, not Angel, Ander Herrera, uh, who has the ball in his half and gives a perfect through ball for the Dutch midfielder. 1v1 versus Costille, but Wijnaldum decides very selflessly to give the ball to Mbappé on his right and then Mbappé by himself in front of the empty goal, uh, happy to put it in. Paris Saint-Germain is up 3-0 at the 60 minutes and they probably thought that um, the three results uh, had happened because they sort of stopped playing and they started making little mistakes that proved to be costly very quickly because Bordeaux at home kept pushing. Uh, Nyang came in for uh, Bordeaux and then straight away, first opportunity, uh, Navas, who had made a fair few saves already, uh, had to show Mbai Nyang that he was there and that he was ready uh, for the striker. But with 10 minutes, 12 minutes left to play, excuse me, an inexplicable loss of ball uh, by Danilo close to his box uh, let the ball go to Adli and Adli's cross perfect for Ellis cross rather a pass I guess uh, from the outside of his right boot uh, found Ellis in the box and then Ellis just had to tap the ball in uh, Bordeaux kept pushing uh, Navas denied once more Young but then in injury time uh, finally Mbain Young got his first goal with Bordeaux after a, a very clear pass by Briand inside of the box. I think, you know, Bordeaux showed that they have the, the temperament to be able to play against those big teams, show that they can put in the intensity. You just have to hope that they didn't do it just because it was Paris Saint-Germain and that they're going to be able to do it against smaller teams because that's the way they can uh, put that relegation zone a little bit away from them. Uh, but when you see the level of, for example, a, a Yassin Adli, um, you, you can think that Bordeaux has definitely the talent to be much higher on the table. And you got to hope that uh, Vladimir Petkovic is going to be able to get that team playing together. As far as Paris Saint-Germain goes, you know, Neymar played well um, in burst only, but he, but he played well. He, he was the, the playmaker. He saw a lot of the ball. Uh, he only accelerated really when he cared for it. But, but who could see how dangerous he can be, of course. Um, yeah, I guess most of the Paris Saint-Germain offense, offenses went through Neymar. Um, but in the meantime, I think the pressure that Bordeaux put on him and on the team as a whole uh, was very good and, and they really prevented Paris Saint-Germain from, from developing too much of their football. Uh, it, was, it was a good game, uh, but you really think that Paris Saint-Germain should be doing better and Paris Saint-Germain have the player and should have the talent and the tactics um, to see off um, a team like Bordeaux. Uh, we know that they struggled midweek against Leipzig as well, uh, you know, as conceding at the last minute uh, and just drawing 2-2. Um, we, we just expect so much more from Paris Saint-Germain, right? Uh, but like I said, it's, uh, it's a team that wants to be ready later. Uh, so we'll keep complaining about the fact that they are not ready yet uh, while we know that it's, uh, it's meant to happen later. After the break, Paris Saint-Germain will be hosting Nantes and Bordeaux will be traveling to Metz. And Metz were traveling south this week. They played against Marseille at the Stade Vélodrome. And that's the first 0-0 of the weekend. Marseille with 77% possession. Talk about domination. 15 shots, only 4 on target. And Metz with 13 shots and 4 on target. Uh, OM, who were playing without their coach, Sampoli, on the bench, uh, suspended and in the stands for that game. Um, and OM, who, you know, maybe looked like they are dominating when you look at the number but definitely definitely um, you know were very open in counter-attack and could have suffered a few goals in the first half uh, the goalkeeper for OM was Steve Mandanda back uh, between the sticks 
uh, Paul Lopez on the bench, but most likely just being rested. I don't think it changes the hierarchy of goalkeepers. I think Paul Lopez is definitely goalkeeper number one. And maybe, I don't know, maybe Mandanda is going to play cup games or, or something like that um, after, after Christmas. Uh, anyway, in the first half, although Marseille dominates, Messi is definitely the more dangerous uh, of the two teams. You know, they see very little of the ball, uh, but they play, um, they play direct football, they play counter-attack, uh, and Delane hit the post twice. The left-back from Mess uh, Mandanda are very lucky to see those ball hitting his post because on, on both occasions he was beaten. Uh, and Mandanda also had a, a couple of saves to make during that first half, which uh, kept Marseille in um, contention for, for that game. In On Marseille's side, Payet did hit the crossbar on the first half, but besides that, not a lot more. A bit of a sterile domination, a bit of a sterile ball, ball possession. Uh, and I say it a few times when we talk about Marseille, they are just struggling against a team that is going to defend low. They don't have the solutions. At the beginning of the season, I thought it was Milik that were missing, that was missing, but now that Milik is here, um, you know, they don't have, we have any excuse. The ball comes into the box, the ball goes to Milik. Uh, they just, it just doesn't score, it just doesn't bury it. Um, in the second half, Marseille kept pushing. Uh, Jamerson, the defender from Mess, got red carded, sent off at the 56 minutes, uh, which means that then Mess were, you know, almost never coming out in counter attack anymore. Uh, but then again, you know, Payet not really inspired, Milik to be clumsy. Uh, Marseille, despite getting Harid in, despite getting Dieg in, just were unable to to get into the, the box and to be dangerous. And they're not very good at playing against a low block um, to start with, but they, they showed it again. For the controversy, uh, there was a goal that looked valid that was denied to OM. Uh, to The quick story is um, a header, the ball goes in the air, and then Jason is by himself and just uh, headed in the back of the net, but just before he heads the ball, the referee actually whistles a foul on uh, Dylan Brown, the mess defender, except that when we look at the images again, um, no one fouled the defender except his own goalkeeper. So there was never a foul, but the referee, uh, I guess, in a rush of, of using his whistle, uh, had whistled before, um, before what's his name, Jason had scored. So uh, even checking at the VAR, the goal couldn't be given. Had the referee waited for the goal to be scored and then said, let me take the VR because I think I've seen a foul, the goal would have been given to Marseille. So, you know, we keep saying that referees are letting the game be when they're not sure because they want to be able to check on VR later, especially if it's in the box. Uh, we see it with um, the outside and, and, and things like that. And one of those first times where they should have been doing this, uh, they're not doing it. But anyway, they, they said that at the end of the season, um, all those things balance. So 0-0 was the final score. Uh, it's Marseille's fifth 0-0 over the last 11 games. Uh, you know, it shows that the defense is getting better, but it also shows that the offense is definitely lacking imagination. Uh, they're involved in three of the five 0-0 that we've had in Ligue 1 this season, uh, against Paris Saint-Germain, against Angers, and against Metz uh, this weekend. Metz, who, who really did what they could, and, you know, they sort of spent the whole second half wasting time and frustrating Marseille. Uh, every minute or so, you had a player on the floor complaining. Uh, I don't know how many times the um, the health crew came in, but it was probably about like 15, 20 times. Uh, and yet, at the end, they had the opportunity to actually score uh, if Enget and, and Jan hadn't run into each other. 
they could have probably um, scored a goal and, and surprised Marseille and, and do a turn on them. Uh, when I saw all that wasting time and all that, um, you know, all that, I guess, cheating in a way that Mess was doing, I was wondering, you know, uh, Mess's coach, Antonetti, isn't known to be the calmest coach uh, in Liga. Uh, I'd say that if Antonetti was on the opposite bench, he probably wouldn't have appreciated the way his team played. Uh, but anyway, it is what it is. 0-0 was the final score. A bit disappointing for Marseille. A good point for Mess, even though uh, they are now bottom of the table and 20th in Liga. Um, but but it was a, a a game that wasn't easy for them to keep a clean sheet, and they did so well done, Les Grenats, for this one. After the international break, Mess will be hosting Bordeaux, and Marseille is traveling to the Groupama Stadium in Lyon for the Olympico. Lorient Brest, the Derby of Brittany, is our next game, and Brest, who won second game in a row, win uh, won by Brest and. Uh, and there's a client 2-1. The goal scorer, a garbage for Lorient at the 5th minute. Fèvre on penalty at the 58th minute for Brest. And Mounier at the 80th uh, for les Pirates. Ergo got a red card for Lorient at the 28th minute, which of course did not help les Merlus. Uh, 9 shots, 3 on target for Lorient. 16 shots, 5 on target for Brest. And 62% possession. Lorient are hitting a rough patch right now. They've lost three of the last four games. They win less than six. Uh, and you know, when you're hosting Brest, who didn't have any win until Monaco last week, it looked like the perfect opportunity to bounce back. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way. The game started perfectly for Les Merlus. You know, um, to score a goal on their first counter-attack. Uh, Mofi took the right wing and, and a beautiful pass between the defense and the keeper, Van Gerpic, by himself in the six-yard box, and uh, the Austrian striker did not hesitate to, to bury that one in. Uh, but after that, um, you know, it was just a bit harder for Lorient. Not that Brest was that dangerous, you know, despite the 16 shots, Brest were uh, pretty harmless, just as they've been this season. Uh, they struggled to find the target, they struggled to really bring, you know, dangerous opportunities in the six-yard box. But once... Um, once the red card was given and once they were playing 11 against 10, uh, they were able to get a little bit closer from Paul Nardi, although in that first half, so for those 15 minutes that they played against 10 men, uh, Nardi really was bothered um, maybe maybe once. Uh, the decision that changed the fate of the game in the second half again was uh, by the referee. Uh, a penalty given to Brest, uh, a penalty that was justified for a handball in defense, but, you know, a handball that was hard to avoid because uh, it was a header who bounced on hand. Uh, and the spot kick was taken by Romain Fevre, who leveled for his team. Brest kept pushing, and so a goal denied for offside. But a few minutes later, Mounier uh, at the 88th minute, a uh, real poacher's goal in the middle of a, of a scramble in Brest, in Lorient's defense, excuse me. Lorient, who can be disappointed because that second game, that second goal could have been avoided. Uh, they tried to answer in the final 10 minutes, but the three points for the derby of Brittany went to Michel Derzakarian, to the Pirates, uh, which helps them dragging their way out of the relegation zone uh, with, a, with a second consecutive win. Uh, good on them for, for sticking by Derzakarian and for finally getting the result that they wanted. Uh, Lorient won't be, won't be super happy. They probably thought that um, they could have had the game uh, if it wasn't for that red card and, uh, and if it wasn't for uh, that goal after a scramble. 10 minutes left to play. After the break, Brest is going to have the complicated task of hosting Lens and Lorient will be traveling to Angers. 
The other 0-0 of the weekend was between Reims and Monaco uh, in Reims. Uh, Reims with 11 shots, 4 on target. Monaco with 12 shots, 3 on target and a 58% possession. Uh, it was the, zero, the second 0-0 of the week as well for Monaco after a, a good draw earned in Eindhoven on Thursday night for the Europa League. Uh, but Kovacs men definitely won't be happy with that one in rain in Reims, excuse me. Um, they need points. They need points urgently if they want to remain in touch uh, with the top of the table. It's the sixth time this season in 13 games that Monaco doesn't score, and it's something that hadn't happened to them since um, 2000, 2001, 2010, 2010, 2011, excuse me. Uh, and that's a year where they ended up uh, relegated at the end I mean not that I think it's going to happen to them this season uh, but six game, six game without scoring when you have Benyedea when you have Volen when you have Golovin when you have Gerson Martin is definitely uh, surprising the game itself between Reims and Monaco uh, rather rather cagey affair both teams focused on being solid defensively and it showed uh, Monaco <laughs> So threatening offensively last season, right? You know, like I said, the, the, those four players up front, uh, plus Chouameni, plus Fofana, uh, and this season they just look, they just look uninspired, shadow of themselves, really. Chouameni, Jacobs, and Fofana tried from range, but finding Benyedder and Voland in the box just seemed seemed too hard of a task for them to to make it happen. Despite Caio Enrique, anyway, I'm just a bit um, bemused when I see how Monaco plays this season. The best two opportunities in the game came into the last 15 minutes. Um, Cafaro for Reims took a free kick from 25 meters and, and put it past Nubel, but unfortunately for him, uh, he crashed on the posts. Uh, and in the very, very last minute of the game, Caio Enrique on his left foot, on his left side, excuse me, came back on his right foot uh, and crossed the ball uh, that was going towards goal. Poland by himself one meter from the goal line, uh, but his header just a little bit too much angle in it and, and ended wide. And you could see uh, by Volan's reaction that he really thought he would have scored this one. Anyway, a good draw for Reims and Oscar Garcia, you know, uh, against a team like Monaco. Uh, but they are in that group of seven teams that have, um, of seven teams, excuse me, that has one point or less per game this season. Uh, Monaco is six points away from relegation and also six points away from second place, Lance, but all those points that they've lost uh, early in the season might come and haunt them in the end, just like they did last year. Uh, you really expect Kovac to, to do a bit better. He has the squad for it. Uh, hopefully, after the break, they can show us that um, the results in Europa League can also be reciprocated in Ligue 1. Uh, Monaco, who will host Lille in, in 10 days after that break, and Reims, in the meantime, will be traveling to Strasbourg. The thriller of the weekend was in Le Chaudron. Le Chaudron was empty. Uh, Le Chaudron is, of course, Stade Geoffroy Guichard in Saint-Etienne. Saint-Etienne won 3-2 against Clermont in an empty Geoffroy Guichard because of the events of um, last week or two weeks ago in Saint-Etienne. The goal scorer for Saint-Etienne, Nordin at the 78th minute, Crasso at the 92nd, and So at the 94th. Tells you everything, two goals in the injury time. Uh, and for Clermont, of course, Mohamed Bayo at the 59th minute and Bertomier at the 64th. 18 shots for Saint-Etienne, only four on target. Nine shots for Clermont, four on target only. And a uh, slight advantage in possession, 51% for Clermont Foot. 
Finally, we have a win for Lever. We're the only team left to get the three points in one game in Liga this season. And they've done it against uh, the Pompadette squad, Clermont. So we don't have any more team that didn't win this season. But it was hard. Definitely uh, wasn't easy. Uh, what listen, what Lever still are without, though, is a clean sheet. They've conceded in every single game this season. Uh, and they were actually lucky to reach halftime without conceding against Clermont this weekend. Uh, Bertomier had a, a, a nice opportunity at a shot in the empty goals after Etienne Green was nowhere to be seen but um, I think it was So uh, who headed the ball away basically on his line uh, but before that Bayo also had an opportunity and hit the post uh, Saint-Etienne to be honest uh, played well and, and you know probably deserved the goal in the first half as well uh, Bouz, Yusuf uh, all came really close to, to be able to beat Demas but the score was 0-0 at halftime. In the second half is when all the action happened and all the uh, five goals were scored in the last half hour. Uh, at the hour mark, uh, Bayo scored the first goal. Uh, both goals from Bayo and Bertomier actually at the 59th and the 64th. Both goals came from the left wing. Uh, the first goal came from Ensimba, uh, whose cross uh, found the striker into the box. And the second goal came from Alevina, whose cup pass was for Bayo, but Bayo basically dominated and the ball came to Bertomier in the middle of the box, who was able to bury it in the back of the net. Uh, Clermont probably thought, you know, 2-0, 25 minutes left to play, uh, game over, we're winning in Saint-Etienne, which uh, for Clermont is the derby, but not for Saint-Etienne, uh, from what we could read in social media this week. Uh, but then Puel subbed in Norden and Crasso, and both players would have their importance uh, in the end of that game. Uh, Nordin, within five minutes of being on the pitch, hit the post. And then five minutes later, he was pretty lucky to inherit the ball at the penalty spot. And he found the back of the net to give his team a boost of energy. Unfortunately, uh, they couldn't quite capitalize on it until the very, very end of the game. Uh, Crasso's movement, who, who proved useful for Lever, uh, was very useful from dead balls. And the two, basically, last corner kicks of the game brought two goals, both shot by Nordin who ends the game with uh, a goal and two assists in, in half an hour. Uh, the first corner kick was headed in by Crasso and the second one by So. Uh, and all three points went to Lever just like that for the first time of the season. Clermont can be disappointed, clearly, uh, you know, but Saint-Etienne, despite being in an empty chaudron, uh, despite being against a team like Clermont, despite a win, Although at the end, uh, you could see that for the players and for Claude Puel, it was pure joy. And you could kind of see that Claude Puel hasn't been abandoned by his troops just yet, which is, uh, which is important for a club, uh, even though the, the rumors of the club being bought are, again, uh, all over the web. And right now we're talking about a um, Swiss group uh, backed by American um, financial moguls. Let's see. Let's see where that goes. With that win, uh, Saint-Etienne leaves the bottom spot to Metz, and they are now only three points from Bordeaux, Brest, and Reims. Uh, Clermont, just a point above those three, uh, will need to uh, yeah, to stop considering that many goals. But I said it before, I think Demas is probably just, just under the level needed for Liga. After the international break, Saint-Etienne will be traveling to Troyes face the other promoted squad uh, this season and Clermont will be hosting uh, Galchez Nice not, not easy for Clermont after this little this little break Nantes Strasbourg 2-2 is our next game 
the goal scorer Koulibaly for Nantes at the 20th minute and Colomoni at the 48th and for Strasbourg Diallo at the 44th and Thomasson, the former Nantes player, at the 68th minute. Strasbourg who played 40 minutes with only 10 men when uh, Ajor was sent off at the 51st minute. Nantes with 20 shots and 6 on target, 47% possession. Uh, Strasbourg 16 shots, 6 on target as well and 53% possession. Uh, the game at La Beaujoire was entertaining to say the least. You know, I, I really don't want to hear anymore that Comboire uh, is a boring coach because clearly he's turned the table in Nantes. Uh, last year we didn't see that yet, but I think this season, I don't know, maybe he's realized the amount of, uh, of firepower he has with uh, Moses Simon, with uh, Colo Muani, of course, with... Uh, with um, oh, I can't remember the name of this other striker now. Anyway, they, he has young strong, fast uh, players up front and he's definitely making the best of it. Uh, Nantes, who are right now unbeaten in four games at home, uh, they probably could have hoped for a better result, uh, especially after Ajok was sent off. Uh, but, you know, sharing points is better than losing. Uh, and we know that Julien Stéphane is a very good coach and that Strasbourg is in top form after scoring nine goals in their last two home games. So uh, sharing the points with them is, uh, is far from being a shame. Uh, the game was basically, you know, a succession of opportunities uh, and, and quite a few saves from the two goalkeepers, Matt Sells and Alban Lafont. Diallo hit the post in the first half, the Strasbourg striker, but the first goal came for the other team, of course, for Nantes. Uh, Moses Simon, with his sixth assist of the season, find Koulibaly, the very tall uh, midfielder from Nantes, by himself in the six-yard box, who happily just headed the ball in. Uh, and then Diallo, after finding the post, finally was able to hit the target and equalize uh, his seventh goal of the season at the 44th minute. Uh, Diallo finding the back of the defense who faced Lafon, chipped the ball over him. Uh, unfortunately for him, he went onto the post, but Diallo was the fastest to get onto the rebound and tap the ball in the empty net. What one and a half time uh, when the game tied again, same intensity, Strasbourg with the first opportunity, but Polo Buani, Fournant, would score within three minutes. Um, an, a nice little header over Kashi, probably uh, Kachi, I think, uh, as we pronounce it. Probably not going to be happy to see those images, uh, Kachi, because it looks like if he had jumped, the ball was his. Uh, but he was, I guess, just waiting a little bit too long, and Polo Buani happily jumped over him and headed the ball in. Two minutes later, it's that red card for Ajor, which can seem a bit harsh, but the referee was really close. Uh, to the to the action, so maybe he felt like it it just was a little bit too much, um, I guess too much intensity in that shot slash tackle from Ajork, and also that he just didn't control what he was doing. Um, so anyway, red card and, and Strasbourg is only down to ten men. Uh, yet uh, the goal would come from a Strasbourg man, Thomason, uh, a header. We know that Thomason is not the best uh, hitman as far as uh, scoring header goes, but he scored a header against his old team. Um, he was basically completely forgotten at the near post on that cross. And I don't know if he was deserved, but, you know, it's two teams that we like to see playing. It's two teams that like to score goals. Uh, and so seeing a 2-2-2 finish uh, is not something that I dislike. Uh, a couple of saves from Sells and Lafont kept the game that way. Uh, and now on the table, both teams are at 18 points, which is uh, just over the 10th spot. And 8 and I, if I'm not mistaken. After the break, Nantes will be traveling to Paris Saint-Germain and Strasbourg will be hosting Reims. Another upset uh, for this weekend, it was Nice hosting Montpellier and Montpellier won that game 1-0 at the Alliance Rivera. The goal scorer Mollet at the 
80th minute, 69% possession for Nice, 22 shots, 6 on target, 8 shots for Montpellier, and 2 on target. One of the surprise results of the weekend, really, at Delance Rivera, because we, we know that Montpellier can be good, but Nice is supposed to be better, and has shown that they are better. Montpellier was playing without TG Chavanier, so we really thought that um, the, the win was going to be for, for Les Aiglons, really. Uh, but the win was a very Galtier win for Montpellier. They defended most of the game, they operated in counter-attack, and finally they got the, the goal at the end. Uh, nice, you know, Guiri, Atal in the first half, Dacunia, Lemina in the second half. They tried Omlin, uh, they just didn't get the expected result. Uh, but 22 shots, you got to put a few more on target than, than six. You know, Guiri and Lemina had like an open goal and, and just couldn't uh, put it into the, the white rectangle. On the other hand, you know, on maybe the, one of their only outing and, and Montpellier just punished Nice the 80th minute and Molly is completely forgotten at the far post uh, and he's very precise with his left foot, puts the ball between Benitez and his near post. Uh, probably a goal that Benitez shouldn't concede. Uh, but, you know, a couple more intervention from Omlin allowed Montpellier to take the three points. Uh, and, and now you have a first loss at home for Galche, who uh, was probably going to think about the amount of chances that his team created without being able to find the target often enough. It's, I think Nice, you know, has proven that they're going to be a candidate, um, you know, not for the title maybe, but at least for the Champions League spot. Uh, I think it was a chance for them to, uh, to take that second place and to maybe keep it. Uh, for a long time, um, it's going to be, I think Lance Nice is at the very end of the year, the calendar year, uh, just before Christmas. So that's probably going to be when we decide who's going to be the, the second team behind Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, but it's a couple of games that Nice is, is losing points and um, they shouldn't have. Montpellier, second consecutive win uh, and second consecutive clinch it. Uh, all that without um, TG Savani, like I said, a good result for, uh, for Dalolio. Uh, in, uh, in a register that we're not used to, uh, you know, um, defending and being in counter-attack, but it worked well uh, against uh, Christophe Galtier. After the break, Montpellier is traveling to Rennes and Nice is traveling to Clermont. And the last game of the weekend was Rennes against Lyon and what a game and what a win for Rennes. 4-1, the goal scorer Laborde at the 45th, Traoré at the 51st and Truffer at the 76th and the 83rd minute, Paqueta reduced the mark at the 94th minute on penalty. 25 shots for Rennes, 12 on target, and Lyon only 6 shots for on target. 52% ball position for Lyon, but 25 shots and 12 on target for Rennes. Uh, paints you a picture of the game, doesn't it? Rennes now unbeaten in the last 7 league games and in their last 10 games in all competition. They dominated against Lyon at Poison Park on Sunday, uh, you know, which probably was nice for Florian Maurice, the, the sporting director of Rennes, and Bruno Genesio, the coach who, who both, you know, sort of were thrown away by Lyon in the past, but now they have their revenge. Uh, and it was a beautiful revenge. The, the game was a real test for both teams, and, and clearly uh, Rennes is putting Ligue on notice. They are ready, the squad is playing well together, uh, and, and the squad is not complete yet so it's going to be uh, going to be I think a force to reckon with between now and the end of the season uh, Les Rennes they dominated from the beginning uh, I think you know both 4-3-3 with Paqueta in false nine 
instead of having Slimani, who was available, probably didn't work, and, and Slimani got in at halftime. Um, but, but Lyon was just smothered in the midfield. Um, Anthony Lopez was busy all game, uh, and when he was beaten in the first half, uh, it was his defense who was getting the ball away on the line uh, on, two, on two occasions. Uh, it looked like it could have been that kind of game where Rennes has all the opportunity, and Lyon finally um, hit and score. But Lyon was so rarely able to actually get into Rennes' final third uh, that, you know, Rennes deserved that win. 90 minutes of intensity, 90 minutes of pressing, again pressing, everything, you name it, Rennes was doing it. Uh, they finally got their first goal just before halftime on a corner kick uh, with Bourijo finding Laborde in the box. Uh, Denayer, the, the Lyon defender, is actually not innocent on that one. He basically looks at Laborde, sees that Laborde is a million away from him, uh, yet doesn't get close to him, and then he's by himself to, uh, to head it in. Uh, in the second half, a free kick played pretty quick, uh, brought the second goal. Uh, Lovro Major, the Croatian, uh, with a little silky chipped ball in the box, so Labor trying a uh, scissor bicycle. Uh, kind of missed it, and the ball bounced on Denayer, and then Traore, the captain, uh, was here to rebound, and, and his powerful shot uh, put his team into a comfortable two-goal lead. The end of the game was the Truffer show. The young uh, left-back uh, scored twice. Uh, as soon as he entered, uh, big run to the left wing, followed by Dubois. Dubois, who uh, the captain was trying to foul Truffer very close to the box, which uh, wasn't very smart. Uh, I think, you know, if Truffer isn't touching that ball and scoring, which he does, uh, I reckon Dubois gets sent off and it's a penalty and probably a goal for Rennes. So they kind of got away with it while still conceding uh, because Truffert sort of luckily hit that ball and, and wrong foot Lopez for the 3-0. Five minutes later, though, there's no luck in what Truffert is doing. Passionately waiting at the far post. The ball bounced in front of him and then his body, as pure as it was powerful, just left Anthony Lopez um, you know, motionless. The penalty earned and scored by Paqueta at the last minute was almost an anecdote of the game. Uh, Genesio outplayed boss. Rennes outplayed Lyon. Uh, and, you know, like I said, he was a real indicator of where both teams are this season. And the answer seemed to be that Lyon has still quite a bit of work to do. Uh, but Rennes is, is where they would like to be. And after a, a complicated start, I think Bruno Genesio has the squad really playing well. Uh, Lovro Major has to be said, the young Croatian midfielder, uh, Major, excuse me, uh, very good in recent outings. And he was really inspired this weekend, really made the difference against Lyon. Uh, a talent to follow this season, uh, Lovro Madger. Lyon, yeah, struggle. We will talk about it in a, in a pod soon where we're going to develop a little bit what's going on at Lyon, but um, they they should have been better against Rennes. Rennes is a big team and you have to uh, bring your A game when you play against them. After the break, both those teams are going to play uh, in what would be the games of the round. Uh, Rennes will be hosting Montpellier and Lyon, the Olympico, will be hosting Marseille. And that's it for match day 13 in Ligue 1 this weekend. Uh, some hot results, as I was saying, and, and some nice surprises. If you look at the table now, Paris Saint-Germain uh, is on top by themselves, of course. Uh, out of 39 points, they got 34 in the 13 games. 11 win, one draw, one loss. Uh, obviously, uh, I guess expected from Paris Saint-Germain, but as we said, they just don't play as well as they should. Behind them, 10 points behind them is Lens with 24. 
and then Nice 23, Marseille 23, and Rennes 22. That's our top five before the, the last five weeks and, uh, and the Christmas break. Uh, at the very bottom of the table, uh, no more um, team without a win. Everyone has at least one win, and Mess with only one is at the bottom with eight points. Saint-Etienne just above them with nine points. Bordeaux, Brest, and Reims with 12 points. The players' statistics, the best goal scorer of Ligue 1 right now, Gaëtan Laborde and Jonathan David with eight goals each, followed by Delors, Diallo, Bayo, Kazri. Uh, a few players at um, seven goals. And on the assist ladder, Jonathan Close, Kylian Mbappé, and Moses Simon with six assists each. Of course, no Ligue 1 next week. We are coming back in two weeks. Uh, the international break starts right now when uh, France will play their last two games uh, for the World Cup qualifier, of course, at home against uh, Kazakhstan and away in Finland. And France just need one win out of those two games to guarantee their participation to the next World Cup. Uh, Qatar 2022. Uh, we'll have a pod during the international break uh, to discuss France a little bit, but um, also to discuss, you know, uh, a Ligue 1 or a Ligue 1 club or two at length. And if I can, if I can sneak in two pods, I will, but for sure we'll have one. Thank you very much for listening to Casse les Lignes. Always a pleasure uh, to talk about French football. Uh, please, you know, subscribe, rate, uh, talk about it. Uh, if you like French football, but not only French football, please go and visit Breaking the Lines. Uh, check out Portalinas, um, Zach, Zach Lowy's podcast about Portuguese football. Uh, there's a few pretty amazing interviews being released right now uh, on Twitter. Uh, Zach and Juan were, uh, were in Portugal for, uh, for a little trip, work trip. There's worse places to go on the trip, boys. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Looking forward to the next pod. We'll be dropping during the international break. And of course, in 10 days, we'll be back with Ligue 1. Merci beaucoup. Ciao, ciao.